actually from Mississippi, and so it's a lot of racial injustices there. Like, this isn't new for me. I have been discriminated against my entire life. So, like, I'm used to the Trayvon Martyrs. I'm used to the Ahmaud Arbery's. So I'm just tired of it. I'm tired of the narratives. I'm tired of the hashtags. How many hashtags will we have? We just want to live. You know, that's why I'm here today. I'm tired of being tired. On behalf of Modern Divergence, I want to say that it's about time that the injustice and racism that has been occurring in America is finally being exposed, filmed, and discussed. While members of Modern Divergence have personally been advocating for the Black Lives Matter movement, we want to use our platform to discuss and contribute as much as possible. As minorities, as the oppressed, and as humans, Modern Divergence members are here to discuss facts, mental health, and community during this time. Disclaimer, racists and people who are part of the problem will be offended. I think it'd be good to kind of go back and look at the origin of the Black Lives Matter movement. Yes, ma'am. What do you have for us? Okay, well, in 2013, Trayvon Martin's murder, George Zimmerman, was deemed innocent in trial. He was acquitted. And in response, hashtag Black Lives Matter was founded. Their mission was to eradicate white supremacy and build local power and grassroots activism to intervene in the violence inflicted on black communities, usually through police brutality. That's been the black community since, I mean, black people came to this country, really. So for more information, please make sure to check out their website, blacklivesmatter.org. Moving on, I feel like prior to this past week, advocacy for this movement wasn't as relevant as it should have been. What do you guys think? I definitely agree because I feel like we've all just been moving on to other movements in a way. Like this past week, we have been super loud, super vocal about what has been going on. But prior to this, we haven't really been talking about it. And that's sort of why they felt like they could get away with it. There have been so many murders of Black victims throughout the United States. Yet this is the one time where they're actually doing something about it because we're being as vocal as possible. And if this movement continues, like, to stay the same, if we remain being vocal, then things will start happening. I gotta say, I I kind of disagree. I feel like, in particular, George Floyd's murder, which is the latest of just a long history of police brutality and inflicting homicide, that people have been upset. I mean, like, I can vividly remember the backlash after Trayvon Martin's murder. I remember my whole family watching the trial on TV and being like flabbergasted when George Zimmerman was acquitted. I can remember because I'm the riots for Freddie Gray's murder, having to stay in school late because we didn't know if they were going to come near our building, things like that. Black Lives Matter and all the murders that have triggered activism, this isn't a new issue. I think that just because right now, well, we're all quarantined, so I feel like it's kind of building off of that aggravation that we're all feeling for being cooped up for so long. And the fact that even when we're in the middle of a pandemic, a lot of Black people are still being killed by police. So I feel like because of all those things, that's the reason why we're getting such an impact now. But I would not say under any circumstances, this movement was not relevant before this week. This has been Honestly, I would say this goes before Trayvon Martin. This has existed since, I mean, you could think of Emmett Till, you could think of Rodney King. Maybe they didn't have a name for it, but Black people, at least, 
have always had some form of Black Lives Matter. Well, I think that relevancy is not the exact like word we should use for it because I think it's been relevant in the Black community, but it's just not relevant in the mainstream media, but it's also for like the wrong reasons because I feel like the rioting by outside agitators has given more uh, publicity and attention from the media than actual like protesting. Yeah, I get that. I get what you mean as well, what both of you said. Maybe it's just because of where I personally grew up, because prior to this, in a way, the movement hasn't been that loud in where I live. But like you were saying about Trayvon Martin, when that was happening, that was when I first immigrated. So like, I did not even know that was occurring. I was like maybe eight years old. So I definitely did not like know what was going on at that time. But I feel like compared to this, especially like my own community, a lot of like racist things has been happening. Nobody was really saying anything about it. People were just kind of like the only thing people had to say was don't say the N-word and not really like the protesting and stuff like that. But I definitely do get what you mean that like because of quarantine, because of our current situation, everything is like really exemplified. So that's why like this movement is getting so much of a uproar in like media and everything. Um, I mean, yeah, it definitely matters where you grow up. Probably, yeah, I think the only difference is that social media existed because I, I can tell you if like Rodney King happened today, it would be receiving the same type of backlash. It, and I kind of agree. I don't know if it was Zoe or you, Faith, that said this, but like when you say that mainstream media is now caring, when I hear that, I basically hear white people are caring because like the fire that you see on the streets, that has always existed in the black community. It's only now that you have you know, it, it's not very much um, looked kindly upon when people say things like, oh, you got to peacefully protest. Oh, you have to, you know, look for different ways. Back in like the 90s, you could say that and it would be like a valid point. But if you say that now on Instagram, where you say something like all lives matter, you are acknowledged and everyone agrees that you're a part of the problem, which I feel like is a, a better um, progression that we've moved from different movements in the past. I definitely agree. Uh, with Bunny, when she says, like, it definitely depends on where you grew up. Um, Memphis, Tennessee, which is known for, like, racial tension, and as a place like Dr. King got killed, definitely has, like, a long history of, like, race. So something like George Floyd or uh, even um, Brandon Weber's, somebody that happened in our city, was definitely, like, more heightened protests. But then you have states that are around me, like Arkansas, and Mississippi that are just like right across the board that ha- have no like any protests. It just depends on where you live. I like what you were saying before about how people are being called out for being part of the problem. So for example, the chain, like the chain thing where it's like tag 10 people if you're if you support the movement and all lives oh, matter. Oh, don't get me started. <laughs> all lives matter, not all not all white people, not all cops, that kind of stuff. People are being called out for being part of the movement like for not being part of the movement or for making it look like a trend and people are just that's just awesome because like you can't just hide anymore you can't just be silent because this is something that's so super relevant to all of us it's something that like we all care about right now but that's that the we're thing. all working towards yeah that's the thing some people don't feel like it's relevant to them and i mean we we don't need to talk about white privilege that stuff that we probably will come up it's duration. But yeah, you know, I saw this thing um, on Twitter 
where it was like, there's no such thing as a good cop. There's cops and then there's bad cops. You don't get rewarded for doing your job. Exactly. And your job is to protect yeah. me. It's for to protect anybody off the street, regardless of what we look like. So I'm tired of, and I have a lot of white classmates with police fathers who just say, well, I changed my Instagram name to Boomy. Um, all cops are bad. Oh, me sorry. And I have a lot of classmates who are just like, well, my dad's a cop. It's like, like, what? He didn't do anything. And I'm like, I don't really care if your dad didn't commit homicide like Kylie, okay, your dad benefits from a system where it is nearly impossible to police him and put him into a judicial context when he does something wrong. So in that context, he is bad. And I still stand by that. All cap- cops are bad. I hate, I'm so conflicted with um, a cap just because um uh, I don't know if I necessarily like the generalization of all cops. I do agree with your point about um, um, you shouldn't be rewarded for what you're supposed to do. So I do agree with there's cops and then there's bad cops, but uh, the all cops are bad. I just don't know if I necessarily agree with that. The, I just, it's just like morally, like the generalization, like seeing like black communities being generalized as a whole stereotype. I feel like that is the stereotype for cops yeah and that's a that's definitely a valid perspective i would say the way that i look at it it's not i'm not saying all cops are murderers i'm not saying that even all cops are racist but i'm saying that the fact that if you are a cop you the rule of law does not apply the same that it does to me you or faith is bad and cops more likely than not, I would say in almost every single example, regardless of what that person has done, you are fellow cops side. And in that sense, you know that um that crime called conspiracy, where you're complacent in somebody else's crime. If you protect somebody when they've done something wrong, you are complacent within that effort, which means you are bad. So I mean, I understand it come out as a as a generalization and you have every right not to you know scream it and believe it that's fine but i, I still stand by it in tennessee the national guard put its shields down in order to defuse confrontation George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, Trayvon Martin, Tamir Rice, Oscar Grant, Eric Garner, Philando Castillo. So as we all know, this past week has been super crazy, you know, with the murders of people in the Black community, like George Floyd, like Breonna Taylor, all of that, the protesting, the looting, the riots. So what do you guys have to say about this? Like, what have you guys seen that's been speaking out to you? Um, well, I'd say that the thing that has been the most different about this murder versus all the other ones is how it has exposed um, the white privilege and the subtle racism in many 
of my classmates and I'm sure other people, other white people that people know. I made this snap post. I put on my story where I said, nobody cares that you're going to the beach. Nobody cares that you are leaving your house for the first time in two months. We're in the middle. And the only thing that you can post on social media is, you know, you and your bikini at Ocean City or just a black screen with so many tags on it that people can't even remember what the original intent was, then you are part of the problem. And there are so, and you, it was actually so funny because two people, two white people replied and they were just like, well, I'm still going to go to the beach. And I'm like, so you just, okay. I love that. I guess in this day and age, I love that you can't you have to hold people accountable like for their actions and like know that they're complicit and they're a part of the problem and i just found it so stupid like there's like so many things going on and the most you could post about either you say nothing or the most there's like they're totally avoiding it like it's not happening and i guess that's white privilege to act like nothing's happening because it's not affecting you mm-hmm. i've seen this so much on my social media as well. For example, this one person, throughout this past week, they haven't been posting anything, yet the only thing they posted or they reposted was something that caused this causing or promoting racial division. So it was this post that said, if you're a black person dating a white person, you do not have the right to protest. And obviously that is stupid, but the fact that this white girl, the only thing she had to repost was something as stupid as that. And that really got on my nerves because, first of all, you know, talking about the outside of your race, that's something the Black community really discusses a lot. And I felt like, why would you even... Okay, that was just super annoying to me. And then somebody that wasn't white. So this person in my school, they told me that they just don't care, that they have their own lives to worry about, don't care about the movement. And I was just so offended, especially since this was somebody that I've known for all three years of my high school experience. And then lastly, so people have been, like, DMing me, screenshotting of, like, their their own friends, or, like, people at our school who have been posting super racist stuff. So, for example, this one kid, he posted a meme that he thought it was funny that was comparing African-American people to apes. And then he got called out. He started saying he was joking. It was insignificant. So then I exposed him on my story and, you know, tagged him. Then he started being defensive. And then his friends started DMing me that I don't even know or follow. They were telling me that he wasn't being racist. It was just a joke. I should calm down. That kind of stuff. And then just lastly, just so you see, like, the kind of stuff I'm dealing with in my school here. This person was posting that it was a video of a cop attacking protesters. He was like, yes, those are good cops. They're doing their jobs. And he was also saying that the president was good for... I'm just like, I just have so much to say. I'm so sorry. But you know how, like, he... The president put anti the anti-fascist organization as terrorist group yeah he was basically like saying yeah yeah he was like yes that's our president and stuff like that i'm just like so furious like my blood is like boiling right now literally this guy from glen bernie which you don't know that because you don't live in maryland but it's like um a little a couple miles away from my town he posted this video saying oh if george floyd um if black people didn't want to get killed by the police Maybe they shouldn't be, you know, part of gangs. Maybe they shouldn't be killing each other. Maybe they should be doing all this, you know, things that racist white people said. And 
basically now everyone's reposting it and they're trying to get him kicked out of college, you know, their due diligence. And I just don't understand from the white perspective why in so many different cases, whether they realize what they're saying is bad or not, and usually they realize what they're saying is bad, why they feel like they always have the right to speak on something. If you have something that you know is going to be offensive, just don't say it. I feel like that's the difference between a lot of other races and white people. No one ever tells white people that they don't need to talk. Black people just get silenced no matter what they say. But no one tells white people, just shut up. Nobody cares. Because obviously they're majority. And if they have a president who's going to say when the looting starts, the shooting starts, they feel like they have agency to just spout whatever racist agenda they have. And honestly, even though I'm only 16, I'm already sick of it. I just wonder, like, how do they not know that they're, like, uneducated and they're just viewing, like, this, like, conservative right-wing information or just, like, things that go against the... It's just to, like, it's just to discount, like, what the Black Lives Matter, like, protest and the movement has done just to do what? To start their own? Like, I I just don't understand. (laughs) I find it so aggravating that the entire system, our police, our justice system was all built for white people, for them to thrive. And I feel so sad that people in our society, people in my community are scared to speak up because they don't want to get attacked or they don't want to be reprimanded for speaking against white people. So, for example, my school graduation, some people want to like do the kneel right during the mm-hmm. anthem. But some people in my school are like, I don't want to do that. What if some racist white people start attacking me during graduation? Or they're like, I just don't want to get attacked. I don't want to get called out. And you know how people are going to protest. They're getting getting arrested. People are trying to find out who they are so they can attack them just for protesting and speaking their heart. Now, this is um, an argument you'll hear over it. It was like 200 years ago. You need to stop milking slavery. And I'm just like, if you don't want to, or you just don't understand the ramifications of being considered property for a multitude of centuries, then fine. I guess you'll just be racist. But people who say that segregation was a while ago blow my mind. My father, my dad, was alive during segregation. Put that in perspective. My father was alive where he could not go to the same water fountain as some of my teachers. And we try to say, oh yeah, segregation was over a while ago. That doesn't make any sense. And for people to say that racism is almost gone, it's just an excuse. Like, for people who obviously don't have to experience it, but it's just a harmful excuse that when you say racism is almost gone, it just makes racism stay for a longer period of time. And it just makes me sick to my stomach. Yeah. And when people are like, Black people should stop playing the victim role. And back off what you're saying about, you know, it wasn't that long ago. There was, there's this timeline, you know, going around social media about where, you know, the amount of year slavery was, segregation, and this, like, the little period of time that we have, like, actual freedom, or as close to as we can possibly get. And I really, I'm glad it's going around because a lot of people really like you're saying they do not know that it wasn't that long ago where the Jim Crow laws the black codes and everything were literally still happening and it's like now we have to play catch up and then there's also like 
obstacles in our way. So I agree. Like, I don't understand the fact that they don't consider, like, slavery and segregation as a part of our, like, our, as our fight and saying it so long ago, just, again, being uneducated. I just don't know why white people who are uneducated don't seek out to be educated, knowing that they're wrong and just spewing stuff. And then that comes to their head or mind and me. Mm-hmm. Kind of around the topic of education. So if you, you guys know about Anonymous, right? Yes. Yeah, so what do you think of Anonymous who, you know, after six years, he's come back to expose our president, the Minneapolis Police Department, and everything, all the corruption that's been going on? King! Oh, my God. <laughs> I feel like they were, they took too long of a backseat. They should not be gone for six years because America... In 2014, the last great year to be alive has drastically changed America of 2020. Even when people see court documents that show that Trump and Jeffrey Epstein were involved in sex trafficking and rape of a minor staying in our country, the president is probably a rapist. But we just, I guess, ignore that because it's easier to be in denial than to realize that our chief in command, our head of state, is a criminal. It's just so crazy that, like, even when Trump was being elected, like, we knew a lot about his sexual assault, all his cases and stuff. Even though we didn't know about like, the child trafficking, he still got elected with all these cases revolving around him. That's just so crazy. It really kind of takes me back to, like, political machines where, you know, back in the day, they would, like, just do favors for people just to get the people they want to be elected. Wow, the AP club jumped. Hold up, y'all, because I think what happened, I want to say Anonymous listed Steve. So there's this, like, representative here in uh, Tennessee, Cohen. I believe he paid for Trump to get off on those charges. Yeah, oh, it was Michael Cohen, the uh, lawyer that went to jail. Oh, yeah. Uh-oh. I also saw that like Trump had um, Epstein killed, which I feel like we all knew. But I was it was so crazy because then also like that was trending on Twitter that day was like all these names or like certain black celebrities that were like associated with him that were in his black book. Because I remember like Chris Rock trend. I was like, oh my god, Chris Rock. I was like, no. I think it was Chris Tucker. I think Will Smith. It was Naomi, Naomi Campbell. Tucker, I think Chris Will Tucker. Smith was on that. It was Chris too. Tucker. My bad. Yeah, don't don't put like Chris, Chris Rock Tucker, in it. Naomi Campbell. Yo, I think Will Smith was on no, that. No, 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 so that, was, that was, was a prank. So no, I shook. saw it was someone put that in. Exactly. Oh, Dude, I was like, I was like, no. I was like, no. Who was pranking, though? Like, why They, they do that because they want to get a bunch of likes and shares. But Will Smith did not do anything. He's fine. But what did Naomi Campbell do? I heard that she was part of the sex trafficking ring. And then, like, Princess Diana was killed by the royal family, which, like, any African mother could have told you that. For like, real? Every every immigrant mom knows Princess Diana was killed by the royal family, but I didn't know she was going to expose their sex trafficking. And I believe that because the freaking Prince Andrew was involved in sex trafficking, and we all know that for sure. So kind of back to Donald Trump. So you guys remember his previous post about the white protesters who were protesting their haircuts and their massages, how we refer to them as good citizens who are just trying to get their lives back to normal. 
Yeah, in comparison, we, we were talking about the protesters who are advocating for Black Lives Matter. He referred to them as thugs, and he literally got the military to start taking action. Yeah, I heard about that. And, like, I feel like bringing the National Guard and state police into Minneapolis made it worse. And that allowed for outside agitators to take advantage of the situation and promote violence. And that's why we see all these riots and fires and arsons and things like that and the looting. I don't, I mean, to see that your president openly said, um, if they loot, we shoot. I don't know how, I don't know how you can't speak against that. Especially when some of the looting, some of the arsons were started by police officers themselves trying to make it. Exactly. Like, I'm surprised no one, I've rarely seen this point being brought up. Like, there's video evidence of officers around the country starting, um, smashing windows, starting, um, starting arsons doing spray painting against businesses and no one is mentioning that oh yeah i saw this one uh graffiti online it was like something this this the said, two white women if you don't support us colored people the two white women yeah. at the starbucks oh no it was one that was like graffiti on like this building it was like if you don't support us colored people something something and it was so obvious that it wasn't like an african-american person who used that because we don't call ourselves colored. Mm-hmm. So the fact they were just even trying to just, like, blame that on us, but they used colored, like, it was just so sad to see that attempt in the first place. And I want to know, like, what's the motive for, like, outside agitated groups to come in and just start, start, like, is this their dream of, like, a race war or what, what they want it to be? Like, what's the point of coming in to cities and starting violence? And you see, so, like, for example, and here in Memphis, we have had, like, five days of peaceful protests. And if you know Memphis, you know, it's really, really hard to do here. Um, just because, like, race tensions and, like, we're, like, right one of the highest crimes, um, crime, like, percentage or whatever, murders in the United States. Allegedly, there was a white supremacist group, Antifa, from Georgia, that came in and, like, started, like, a bunch of stuff. And so that led to... MPD being like riot gear, but just like four or five protesters. Um, yesterday, they were trying to take over the bridge and they stopped them. They had to end up like turning around, try to go on the highway to find their way to the bridge that leads from Tennessee to Arkansas. Got turned around again, and then they even deployed like tear gas, and that had been like the most violent it um since the start of the protest like four or five days ago. Wow. This is disgusting, honestly. That kind of reminds me of those videos. And this has been happening all over the U.S. where you see police officers driving, like, pushing down the brake through protesters. Like, that's the oh, same yeah. thing that happened, ironically, at the um, that rally for white supremacists where some guy drove and killed a woman because he drove through a crowd. Now imagine if the police do that. Are they going to get arrested? Probably not. Because who's going to police? The police. And the fact that you're using rubber yeah. bullets. You can blind someone. Like they're literally able I've to seen kill several people. photojournalists on Twitter say that um, they have had to, like, lo- they lost their eye because police are 
recklessly aiming them at their face, and a red bullet is taking out their eye, and they have to lose their eye. Yeah, and they're aiming for their heads, yeah. not much for their legs or anything like that. They're they're aiming for head, for their head, and like. I saw like this innocent, like this picture of like this innocent woman who was literally just getting her groceries and just like walking down the street, and the police officer shot shot at her because he thought she was a protester or something like that. So she was just there, like crying. Her head was bleeding. Her grocery bags were right next to her. And the police officer was like just like waiting to get like paramedics. Did y'all That's see so the uh, CNN reporter who was arrested? Yes, Oscar. Uh, Oscar Jimenez. Jimenez. Yeah, Jimenez. Yes. Where he kept on saying, I'm with CNN. That's literally my camera crew. You're on TV live. And they still arrested him. Didn't arrest his white um, co-anchor, though. But they arrested the dark um, Afro-Latino man who obviously was an anchor. Like, at this point, it's... Wow. I don't understand how you could still be defending the police. Because it's like, you know, even if all cops don't do that one too many do and being an officer is a job where you can't have any bad apples did y'all see in atlanta where um those two it was a spellman um spellman uh student and a morehouse student in a car and um i don't know why these cities are like telling that they have a curfew and releasing it after the time the curfew is supposed to be. But it was like a 9 o'clock curfew and they were driving home. It was like 9.15 or 9.40 according to some people. And they literally um, like slashed the tires on the vehicle. Um, they were doing nothing. They were just driving home. And the police slashed the tires? Slashed the tires on the vehicle, opened the door, um, got both subjects out. They tased the, um, the uh, Morehouse student and now he's in the hospital because um, they tased him and then like he had like a seizure. So I feel like they're just being over like militarized oh for no reason, and that's inciting violence. It was really interesting how like a lot of people were talking about how the military, police officers, this is what they're trained to do, but like in other countries, yeah, maybe in North Korea. Like it's also, yeah, it's interesting to see, like, the moral dilemma or, like, the moral conflict that has been occurring with, like, the looting and the riots. It's, like, people who have been saying this is not how you should be protesting and this is not how you should be trying to raise awareness. And then people who are, like, you don't really have a right to say that because, first of all, America's history in general, how, you know, white people were the ones who did all of this horrible stuff. But then also, just like the conflict between peaceful protesting or violent protesting, or which one I actually mean, works. I'll just be like straight up. I'll be damned if I let the oppressor tell me how I should fight oppression. I've been saying this on my social media a lot the past few days that fighting for civil rights should not be done within the perimeters of white people's comfort. The reason, and I, I got into an argument with one of my classmates because he was like, you know, well, Martin Luther King, he wouldn't have wanted this. He would have said, you got to be nonviolent. And I'm like, okay, they killed Martin Luther King because he was doing nonviolent protests. So, like, the reason why we champion, and I've been thinking about this a lot, the reason why we champion people like Martin Luther King and we don't really champion the same as Malcolm X, they're both significant figures in the civil rights movement, but we don't have a day, a federal holiday for Malcolm X because 
the establishment, they don't want to teach you how violent protest works. It's not in their best interest to put make that a part of your moral compass. So we say if you allow white people to spit at you and set you on fire and beat you up, eventually, maybe a couple decades later, you'll get the Civil Rights Amendment. Uh, they'll still be racist, but at least you'll have in the legislation. They don't want to show you that, hey, if you set fire to buildings and if you go out on the streets, they will convict a police officer three days after he committed the crime, which I just found out was the fastest a cop has ever been arrested for murder. Put two and two together. Exactly. And it's really interesting how they're using MLK as a, as like somebody to say protesting is bad or like writing is bad. When it was MLK himself who said a right is the language of the unheard. And right now we are being unheard. So yes, we're going to riot. And I completely agree with you. People are so concerned with making white people feel comfortable when that's not what we want at all. We're not going to protest or riot or utilize this movement as a way to just make white people comfortable. We're going to make them uncomfortable because that's the point in general. What they're doing is not comfortable. So neither should our protesting or should our rioting be as I agree. Oh, yeah. Because like, I was talking to like my friends about this and I was like, so what do you guys think? And um, one was like, I hate that they're twisting MLK's words around. Um, I I think there was a specific quote he used. Uh, the one you used on me, and she was like, and he was like, I don't think we should use. I think they're twisting around MLK's words. I don't know why they like glorify MLK all of a sudden when it was um when we are using his words for protest. It's like. They don't want to recognize the fact that I, I just, I don't know. It's just weird to me that all of a sudden MLK is being glorified and put on this pedestal when not too long ago he was one of the most hated men in America. Yeah. I mean, first I want to say, uh, Zoe, my name is Boomy. But oh, second, I want to say that, like, this is very common throughout almost all arguments against Black Lives Matter. People will bring up problems that they didn't care about until it served them to use to go against this movement. People will say, what about Black on Black crime? Didn't care about it before, but suddenly it's making its way into the, uh, the conversation. People will say, I'm okay, wouldn't, want, wouldn't care about this. They're the same people who like fall asleep during Black history lessons, probably say, why do we need to have a Black History Month? and who don't actually care or do any research on Martin Luther King's, um, you know, um, message. They're the same people who will say if a black cop killed a white person, they would not have this type of reaction. And to that, I say, if a white person was doing the same thing that George Floyd was doing, he would not be dead. That's the difference. So it just, it, that's an example of exposing white people, how they don't really care about a lot of different things plaguing the Black and other POC communities until it benefits them in an argument. Exactly. I definitely see what... That's such a valid point. Just like, you know, before... Just like straight pride didn't come before, like, you know, to gay rights pride and stuff like that. And, you know, ugh, our last discussion of feminism oh, because of feminism... <laughs> So definitely, like, the only reason people are saying all lives matter 
or like speaking of stuff they didn't even care about prior to this movement is because they just feel uncomfortable and they feel like they have to defend themselves. It's like, it's just, it's like if you take race away from it, that's and that's what I hate about a lot of these different things how we politicize things like race and gender. How if both of those, like if you take race away from it, we can all agree that we just watched a man get his neck like snap, like his neck was broken because oh like, an adult man put all of his weight on this man's neck for not two minutes, not three minutes, but for seven minutes. So if we just appreciate that fact, that's what we all saw. You should be outraged by that. So, so disgusting. They gave him third degree mm. murder. Like, are you mm-hmm. ridiculous? Are you? That is so crazy. Like, third degree murder doesn't even exist in some states. Third degree mur- murder is like unintentional crime of passion. And you're comparing that. It was filmed. Everybody knows what really happened. You have the audacity to give him third degree murder? That's are you I'm joking? Saying. Like, yeah, when the lawyers, I mean, like, the district attorney is on the police's side, they all work. These, y'all watch Law & Order, they all work on the same team. Like, are y'all saying that freaking Derek Chauvin, he slipped on a banana peel and his knee accidentally found its way onto George Floyd's neck for seven minutes? Is that what we're saying? Because that's third-degree murder. But you holding a black man down, having his hands behind his back, where at that point he can't move because when you have your hands behind your back and you're on the floor, there is nothing to propel you to get up. So he's already immobile, but then you take the extra initiative to put your knee on his neck, the his trachea, how he can breathe, and then he dies. We're gonna say, oops, oopsie, didn't mean to kill this he's, one. He said he couldn't breathe. He said he was going to die, yet he still continued. The other, like his also his other uh cops that were there with him, you know, like Jay Alexander, I forgot the the rest of their names and everything but them too the people who kept the bystanders away the people who didn't tell him to stop the people who were helping to hold him down did you guys just... see um there was some like also some like additional tape that was released earlier of George Floyd not um he was complying and he was being put into the patrol car and I I don't know what led. yeah there's some missing footage between between that because they were still like being up on him when they're about to put him in the control car. So I don't know what led from about to be put in the control car to on the ground and being held by a grown man's like knee. So I heard that um George Floyd and Derek Chauvin had known each other mm-hmm. personally. Which I mean that shows intent, considering that the police officer has a history of racially motivated attacks against the people he's um arresting so just calling all that together basic i mean i I can watch three episodes of law and order and give you a better argument towards why he should get second degree than this like basically involuntary manslaughter that they're trying and to we get all now. know we all know what the real autopsy report is we all saw it <laughs> yeah you know i <laughs> Don't even get me started. Yeah, he died because he had a weak heart because he couldn't survive getting choked. Girl, the way I chuckled, like, they really tried it. I just, it's mad. But it's, at the same time, what I noticed that's different from, and maybe it's not how all Black people feel, but what's different from me and my white and non-Black friends is that, like, the surprise factor like, my friend Jaina, she's Asian, and, like, she'll come to me and she'll be, like, shell-shocked. She'll be like, I can't believe this. She'll send me a bunch of writing about the problem with police in this country, and I'll be like, 
did y'all just figure this out? Did y'all just get the copy of the book today? Because, like, I don't understand how you could have been alive in this country for this long and not known that. Yeah, we, we've been saying beliefs are the problem. That, that, that wasn't a new fact. This like, has been going on oh, for years. <laughs> I'm just confused to what's different about George Floyd that hasn't gotten, like, this uproar of attention. Yeah, I definitely wish, I definitely get that as well. Like, so many people were living, like, this sheltered, vulnerable, like, vulnerable lives where they thought, like, just other problems that they'd have to do with maybe them personally didn't exist. So it's definitely, like, a change from previous years. I'm glad it happened because with this, we get to see who actually cares, who is who actually has common sense, who actually knows what they're, what they're doing in life. It's been really enlightening in various ways. Perhaps it's because it's an election year. And, you know, Trump is basically bustling at the seams. Like, he's about to... I'm surprised this man is still considered sane by Dude. professionals. So, you know, I don't know. He was saying some pretty wacky things at the beginning of his presidency. But, like, he was never saying things like, when the shooting starts, the looting... No, the looting... When the looting starts, the shooting starts. Um, he was oh, never gosh. this crude. And I feel like the fact that we're... I forget that, you know, in how many months? Five, we're going to be picking a new president. Now, for right now, if you haven't already done so, I implore you to either text Floyd enough or justice to 55156. This will be linked to a petition for change on the behalf of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and Ahmaud Arbery all of their killings so if you can remember text floyd enough justice or all three to five five one five um you can also donate to your local bell fund to help protesters one that's in my community is the miss south uh bell fund but there's tons across the country yes you can um if you would like to do more research and do some more ring up you could read from the black women radicals and aafc solidarity reading list you could read the article Amy Cooper knew exactly what she was doing by Zeba Blay, which goes back to previously this week when a woman in Central Park was calling the police on a Black man who asked her to put a leash on her dog. Thankfully, the entire encounter was filmed, so we knew that she was lying, or else that man might have had the same fate as the people that we were talking about today. Um, you can also donate to the George Floyd Memorial Fund, um, started by his brother, the Minnesota Freedom Fund, I run with Ahmad Justice for Ahmad Arbery fundraiser, Justice for Breonna Taylor petition fundraiser, and like Zoe said, the National Bailout Fund can be found online if you're financially able to. Yeah, of course. Yes. And if you're not, just like reposting helpful and important information on your social media, emailing people like the police department, your mayor, your governor, people who have influence in your community, as well as calling them as well. I did that recently today, but a lot of their voicemail boxes were full and a lot of them did not pick up or they had like automated responses, which I found a little bit offensive, but okay. Mm-hmm. I definitely, I kind of understand that because they're being really spammed right yeah. now. Another thing that we could do, uh, I don't know if that's specific like everywhere or just specific to Memphis, but what we have is for um, protests, you can train to be a marshal and basically what those people do, just keep a crowd just peaceful or how to organize and how to deal with a situation if people that you're protesting with are arrested or tensions are rising 
and there might be a standoff between police and protesters. And if you're international and not in America at the time, you can also perhaps set up peaceful protests in your own countries. For example, I believe there was one mm-hmm. in London. Yeah. So that would also be really cool to show a unification, not just in America. Yeah, but I would like to point out that, you know, police brutality, it's not an American thing. Just the concept of police, it, oh, yeah. it, it reigns all over the world. Um, I would also say, you know, if you are like me, you don't live near a city and you um, feel like something you can really do, a lot, uh, in my student government, we've been starting a petition where, this might not be the same for all states, I don't know, but we've been starting a petition and emailing our county executives that any leftover money left in our budget for the academic year, since it was cut short, to be sent to um, funds for police body cams for our county, to be sent for funds to help people murdered by the police in our county, things like that. So simple things like that you can use through your own local governments can go a long way. Definitely. And like I was speaking about before, during my school's graduation, they're going to be nailing during the anthem. That's also something you can do as well. And then someone in my school district wrote an email to the school board discussing, you know, the current movement. So that's also something you can do to kind of take part. Oh, and sign petitions as well. If you can come across any on the internet. Yeah, it doesn't hurt. It takes a couple minutes. Yep. Yep. When we get back to as close as possible to what used to be our regular lives, once people flood their social media with selfies, and once the media coverage and the uproar subsides, will you still show and advocate that Black Lives Matter?